Welcome to the Roadshow. In South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. Yeah, right. My passion Winning. is to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice. Crucial role in South Africa. Compassion. Great. Passion. Fiction. Gold. Ultimate goal. Glory. Relentless training. Pain. Pain. <laughs> Hello ladies and gents and welcome to another epic episode of the Roadshow. As always, it's your host, Lawrence Britton, and we have the dream team back together. Jake, back from your travels. It's great to have you back on the show and yeah, great to be recording an episode again with you. How are you going? It's going well, straight off the plane, back in the studio. Didn't even, you know, waste a day to get uh, get back on the on the podcast. And it's very good to be back and um one of the, the the biggest episode episodes of the year is always the wrapping of the World Champs Regatta. And, you know, we have so much to talk about. It's Olympic qualification, which adds a little bit of another dynamic to the to the regatta and, you know, really special I think a really special week of racing. Um we saw some really interesting results. We saw some people that um we thought we were gonna do well. I think uh, were favourites to win in their fields and then we saw some newcomers in some certain events that also did exceptionally well this weekend. So, yeah, lots to talk about. No, for sure, Jake. There, there's so much to, to dig into, so many good races, and uh, we have a lot to cover. But, I mean, you were over there, didn't have your best week ever, but, I mean, you know, World Champs is always great to go to, and I'm sure, mm. you know, there's a lot of things to take away, and you, you still got a, a long year ahead of you before you... you Right off the the game. So how are you how are you feeling? Yeah, feeling good. Obviously, uh, you know, Audra and I decided to try out a, a men's double, which is a fairly uh, new boat class for South Africans. And uh, we did have a tough time over there. We you know we didn't actually we didn't really get the the racing that we wanted. But you know the the world champs is such a tight and hectic regatta, and we were sort of the kind of crew that needed things to go our way. And unfortunately, if that's what you kind of need going into something like world champs then as you know if if you get put in a difficult situation then it's going to be you know you're going to be left asking some questions and that's kind of what happened to us on the weekend but it is what it is we still had a a really good experience there trying out a new field um you know Audrey and i have uh you know become really good friends so we wanted to give it a shot and see what we could do in the men's double so it was uh it was a really cool week of racing and it was nice to get a change and get a taste of what the of the men's doubles got, and I can tell you from experience, it's a very fast event. <laughs> no, no, the the men's double. I mean, we've we've talked about it the whole season that it's the it's the big one. It's the, the probably the hardest event on the on the calendar at the moment. Very arguable, though, at this stage, looking at the numbers. Yeah, but um, also just tell us a little bit about the regatta. So um, from outside, like the footage was incredible. It was so awesome to have uh, video coverage the whole week. Uh, really, really awesome to to have that, to be able to watch the racing come down the track. Uh, great, great coverage from uh, Martin Cross and the team. Mm. Um, awesome. Sarah Cook and... Um, Greg Sill. And Greg Sill. And Camilla and Pete. Dude, don't do that to me. What, dude? <laughs> I'm just keeping you on your toes. Yeah, you got to, you know too many, uh, too many of the athletes. So. Yeah. I mean, of the commentary. But the commentary team was epic. No, I agree with you. It was um, really good. So I, I thought the way World Rowing presented the the racing was really, really good. Definitely a step up. I mean, 
post-race interviews and you know things like that that we've been whining about for years and they were starting to to really do them and i just thought there was a lot more value during mm. this regatta and i think if we can start to see those in the punchy uh world cup series i think it's it's going to really start to like transform the way people watch our sport I really do believe that. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I it's w- something I wanted to bring up beforehand because I think, you know, we we are very um, honest with our criticism of all drawing. And I think it's very important that when they do something that uh, is in the right direction, we also praise them for that. So I 100% I thought the broadcasting was a step up in the right direction. The fact that you had, you know, video feed of, I think, pretty much every single... Um, every single race of the regatta, you know, I, I could be wrong there, but I mean, the, the the heats were streamed all the way through to the, the A finals. And I think that is a huge check. What I also liked was you can see they're starting to innovate with some new shots using drones and, and whatnot, which I thought was really good. And then again, the broadcasting team, I think, uh, you know, Greg, Greg, Sarah and uh, Martin were fantastic on the race commentary. And it was also cool to hear, but from Jean-Christophe Roland early in the, in the regatta, and there were some other guest uh, um, commentators that I unfortunately cannot remember their names. No, but Jake, you've outdone yourself already. Yeah, dude. but no, I've overall it was really I've good. I've got Martin Cross and, and Greg Saul. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> and then you have uh, P- Peter and, and uh, Camilla, who was, you know, had the audio commentary and was walking around the boat park trying to be a bit interactive. So definitely a step in the right direction. And I think it's, I, I really want them to keep pushing and I hope they have like a broadcasting team that's, looking to to improve because it was a noticeable step up as a spectator of rowing nowadays um especially uh, since the the 2021 olympic games the i've like i've noticed so much more about like how uh world rowing presents the the regatta what mm. they what they're adding to like the spectator and for me this was the best regatta they've done by far you know, there was just so many different elements that like I really appreciated, and I don't know, it was very cool to watch, and it was it was great to watch the the racing, mm. and obviously on top of that, you have this like there's like an extra element or, or layer of of you of like interest in those qualification spots, so you're not I don't know maybe at other regattas the heats are like they're not important at all because it's you know, you're only worrying about the winners and the winners are going to get through the heat, no problems. Mm. But yeah, you're like, okay, well, who is coming 11th? Who is going to be tight on that yes. cutoff spot? Who's going to be under pressure come the semifinals? And um, and like, so there's that different aspect of the regatta, which I feel adds a huge amount. I think this is one of the best regattas of the season to watch. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely, like one of the best regattas of the whole I mean cycle. Of the cycle, yeah, I mean, uh, of the cycle to watch, and that that qualification again, it makes the dynamic so interesting. And what's fantastic is the, you know, the broadcasting. You know, all the B finals were televised, and you know, I just remember watching the B finals in the boat park, and the the it was so cool to watch it amongst the athletes because there was this immediate there was a different level of respect in the boat park going towards the B finals. And we were watching a race and going through the 1500, all six boats were in a line and the whole crowd started clapping before it was 500 meters to go. And we, the crowd started clapping. What's that? Women's double. Women's double. Yeah. They started clapping and they were going like, this is going to be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And it's just really special to see because I mean that again, it just shows you how, how important it is. And, 
what I like about it probably the most is that you have more to more to celebrate. It's not just medals. Like you have people celebrating getting through the semifinals. I remember watching the Chilean women's pair, which, you know, the Abraham sisters who have been around for a number of years and they managed to qualify for for the Olympics. What was very cool about them qualifying is that they just missed in... Um, 2019. In 2019. Yeah. And, and you see that heartbreak and then now to see them get it is very cool. Yeah, and watching them win the semifinal and you could see how much that meant to them. And, like, you just don't see that in, in other racing. So... All in all, a fantastic. The only thing I would say is that the, um, the 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 lanes got a little bit sketchy on some of the days, unfortunately. <laughs> Let's talk about that, Jake. Yeah, the Let's talk about the the fairness of the course because the, fair, it was the fairness up was not good. The fairness was uh, it was definitely not fair, especially on the quarterfinals and the quarterfinals, the reps and the semifinal days. The weather unfortunately got in the way. I think. Uh, Kudos to wool drawing. They got ahead of it, whereas in the past they've kind of waited for things to happen and then respond. They were very transparent about the situation and they they seeded immediately as soon as they they knew the way it was going to be uh, off. They seeded the crews with the top rank sh- seeds going one to six. So in the conditions they responded the right way. It's still it's still not great um, having a situation like that, but. At the end of the day, it is an outdoor sport, and these things happen. It's just unfortunate that it happens at an event like this. Um, yes, because usually your event is there; the, those rules are there to protect your medalists. Mm. So they're like, if you're gonna come in the top three of the regatta, and you you good enough to come in the in the top three or to win the regatta, you're going to those changes in the rules are going to protect you and help you on your path to those those yes. medals, but. If your path to in the regatta is to come 11th, that rule does not help you at all. No, because it, it puts you on the outside lane. It puts you against other people that maybe have an inside lane that are not necessarily haven't d- uh, nailed it perfectly. Mm. So um, I definitely think it detracted a little bit from the... Uh, from that fight for the those last few qualification spots. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's an outdoor sport. It's an outdoor sport. Until we have an indoor rowing... Yeah, rowing track. It's not going to. It's not going to change. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Like like you said, you you want it to be better for for the world championships and qualification places because you are exactly right. The it's not the, the the top end that that suffers necessarily. It's the middle pack, and when you have qualification, that's it, that counts for a lot. But uh, world rowing was super transparent with about it, and you know they handled it how they should have. I remember in Linz. They, the weather got a bit funky, and then they only changed the seeding once the first couple of races got minced by the, yeah. the poor conditions. And actually, if you think about it, say now you are like the fourth seed or whatever for the you the are you ranked fourth in the in your race, and they change the lanes, and now it's even though you had a disadvantage, yes, you know might not make it through the semi into the A final, but if you put your best race down and you still come fourth in that race. It still seeds you nicely for the next race when you're now against everyone that's, you know, in that uh, 7th to 12th position and yeah. now you're in the better lane there. Yeah. So I I think it's a br- it's a, the right decision to make and I think um I didn't I doesn't bother me that much. Yeah, it doesn't. I agree with I you. I mean, obviously I think if you're on the receiving end of it it's, it's going to hurt, it's going to sting, yes. you're going to feel upset, but like 
what can they really do about no, it? I, I look, I agree with you. I think it's it's a tough it's a tough stance to take. It's but it it is unfortunately that's just how it is at the end of the day. Because also, what do you, I mean? The other option is to always race at Lucerne, yeah. or choose like five five race courses that you know are fair, and you always yeah, race I would, there. I would just like, but it's weird though because I mean the last the, the last two times I remember. Uh, world champs having issues with fairness was this one and 2019 which is interesting because it's the both times you have to qualify so yeah. i don't know maybe you maybe you choose regattas that are like bulletproof and host <laughs> world champs there but oh but then and then you go there for the go to your olympic race course that that's, that's yeah really <laughs> that, i mean yeah i mean we know what <laughs> like tokyo and like rio had this drama about the wait did rio have much drama about the not no, fairness. Really fair. Rio was, was super fair. It was just really, really shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was shit the weather was outrageous. outrageous. But <laughs> also Tokyo, the conditions funky. So, look, I think the at the end of the day, it 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 was unfair. The wet the conditions did make it unfair. However, the lanes were receded. It's an outdoor sport. At sometimes, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to this, and it's just it's just what it is. It is what it is. You have to deal with it. And uh, yeah, I mean that the. Uh, it just, I think it, the only thing, it, it detracts a little bit from like super tight racing because you protect the best people and you, yeah, those people that like, if it was unlucky, if it was unfair, if they didn't receive the lanes, it would probably be better for people watching. Yes, it would more be better for people there's watching. There's more upsets, there's more drama involved. So like there's, there isn't, there's just like different aspects to, to think about. And yeah. obviously you want it to be fair. You want the athletes to to feel like they are respected and they they're rowing on a fair course. But as yeah, I think we I think we understand what needs to understand it. Dude. Understand what sports is brutal, dude. There. It's unfair. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then like I always say that like if you're on that edge, if you need to be, if you like right close to like making it or not making it, then you need to be a bit lucky as well. Yeah. Like no, that's do. that's where luck comes into the, the the fray because obviously you can train where you know there's a million quotes about how it shouldn't be about luck it's about training it's about preparation mm. and this but like when the other guy has done exactly the same training as you and you yeah, right next to what's them the difference? sometimes a little bit of luck mm. a bit of wind blowing in the right direction a bit of this uh, going the, going your way or decision by world rowing that just goes your way can yeah. really make a big difference. No, I, I agree with you there. And I think just looking at the regatta, um, the venue, the, besides the wind, I actually really liked the venue. What I, what I liked about it was the, it was like, it wasn't a completely like dug out man-made course. And it was situated in a really beautiful part of Belgrade. It's like a, in a, within like a big park. There's a lot of activity. Um, there's a lot of bars and stuff that you got from the racing a lot of people there, lots of beaches. And uh, <laughs> another I, was, I was about to say, Jake, yeah. the only thing you've told, you ever told me about any, any of the, the nice bars, <laughs> anything, all you've told me about is the nude beach yeah, at the, the start Yeah, the nude line. beach at the start line. You can't see it um, on the TV, but just beyond the starting pontoons, there is a section of the beach that is just there for the nudists of uh, Belgrade. And you said you had a, a boat breakage. I had a boat breakage. A boat breakage, and that's where you stopped to, yes. to go <laughs> and, and fix your, uh, deal with your issues. Yeah, I had nice. to get off at the on the nude beach just surrounded by uh, a whole bunch of naked people just watching me move my, my runners in my, in my double. It was an uh, interesting experience. Strategic. Strategic. That's what Adrian <laughs> said. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it was interesting. Like just naked people, are you warming up? Um, yeah, I. Uh, if you've got an issue with nudity, then that would have been a bit unfortunate for you. But hey, it's it's your Europe. I know they they enjoy those that stuff in Europe anyway. Okay, so before you get too distracted there, Jake, let's get back to some racing. And the way I want to start is the Dutch. Mm. What an incredible, incredible week of racing these that team had 100 percent. if you had to put if you had a podium at the end of the regatta the dutch team would be the gold medalists of the regatta they did they did the best and they're just starting to i don't think the dutch program's ever been this strong before i mean i, I haven't been around for long enough to probably say that with enough authority but what i was saying it's crazy oh, they've often had really good crews i mean they nearly always have uh, a a standout crew or yeah. you know a, a group that is that is performing really well i think where for me where they've stood out like crazy is that they've often done regattas like this early in the season you know world cup one world cup two where they're just arriving and they'd really dominate you i mean i think it was I'm trying to think back it was like 2018 uh they won They've got like first yeah. and second in both four in both fours, men's and women's, and women. women's fours and things at, like that. And that was in Belgrade as well. Yeah. So maybe they're just good at this course. <laughs> good at this course. Yeah, they could but be. But they, um, but they, I mean, but then to do it at uh, world champs and to do it at, at Olympic qualification is so impressive. Mm. And I think that um, what they're doing in their team is really paying off because not only are they winning, they're winning the medal table. By quite a bit though, because they got five golds, beating uh, GB's four golds, but then three, three silvers. silvers against GB's one silver, um. So like eight medals against six, and you know, and more gold medals, which is, I mean, that's a, that's quite a, a whipping. Yeah, and I also think if I look at the the gold medal performances, you have Caroline Florine, um. Steph and Melvin from big, the double. Big, the big wins. A huge wins. The biggest wins of the regatta were coming from the Dutch team too. And it's just a program that's gone from strength to strength to strength. And I, uh, I, was, more, I was more impressed by some of the crews that, uh, that sort of won this regatta that have, haven't been winning before. I mean, like huge shout out to the, the Dutch women's four. I think we've got silver medal at the last two world championships, and this is the this is their first time in this uh, era that they've come away with a gold medal. So I think a massive shout out there, and um, just overall, I mean, they definitely going into the Olympic year going to be the the strongest team going into the Olympic year. Yeah, and yeah, I mean it's a, it's quite a big crown to have because the British have been quite unstoppable this season, um, like really, really putting out big performances and then yeah i think they and they they crush some of the events so like men's double which is we've highlighted as the hardest event of the whole season the most up in the air for those medal spots and the dutch come through 500 to go with like three or four lengths clear no it was crazy i think it might have been four seconds five seconds yeah it was ridiculous so i mean really really good there i mean men's single coming second there to ollie i mean ollie had a blinder I mean, there wasn't really the the rest of the German team not really performing particularly well, and then also just that result, the um, oh, Simon van Dorp, that's a debut season in the men's single skulls. Yeah, 
and he came come away with the silver medal, knocking on Ali's heels, yeah. which is crazy. I mean, like that's this Dutch men's Dutch sculling in general is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so they have these like they have five incredible gold medals. Then the two sil- uh, th- two of their silver medals, the men's eight and the men's single, which are the biggest events. Mm. So I'm just ashamed. like I don't know, really, really, I'm so I was so impressed with them over the week. They were so awesome to watch their men's quad, which we've loved since mm. uh, the beginning of the previous um, World Champs cycle, uh, Olympic cycle. And, yeah, I mean, they just really, really, for me, they deserve that performance of the regatta by far. 100%. And I think, uh, yeah, uh, definitely the team to watch out for going forward to the Olympics. But then on the second uh, second place on the on the ladder, uh, GB, they've just been on also another really level. Good. Really good. And we were, really looking really good. At, we were looking at uh, performances from 2019, and this GB team is like head and shoulders um performing better than the the 2019 version with the with the medal placements and qualification. Yeah, in 2019 I think they had one bronze medal. Yeah. And now they're coming away with massive results, but they I mean they they are just so impressive though the way they are able to like turn results around and we've spoken about this before the depth in their in their system is just ridiculous. Um I think my favorite victory of theirs by far over the week was the uh, men's eight. Uh, watching them win was awesome. Uh, Australia gave it a good go, but just no answers in the end of that mm. race. And then also the whole drama with um, the USA, the Dean Clark, Clark Dean, Clark Dean. I don't know. It's it's two first names, so it's hard to get hard it, to get, it right. get it get it right. But um, uh, Dean Clark, yeah. Clark Dean. I don't know, dude. I don't, it's one of the ways. You're putting yourself know. out there. You <laughs> I, keep, I you keep going. I'm, I'm not sure which way I'm going. I thought you were correcting me, Jake. Oh, dude, and then um, he posted a video on Instagram yeah. about how they were going to thrash the, the British. And then that was before the regatta. And then the British take the win. The USA going into the, to that final um, unqualified spot, and then going ha- gonna have to race late qualification next year. Yeah, and um, the British team giving them giving them a bit of gears on the finish line. Yeah, I mean it is. I don't know. That's uh, you definitely were speaking about this beforehand. You don't really want to be giving people reasons to beat you like that. But uh, I so what we were discussing earlier though is that it's. I mean rowing is all doesn't you have enough of this like you need a little bit of the spice you need people trying to intimidate other people and you know bring that level of like competition a bit more Mm. to the front of the picture but on the other hand you are not in control of your opposition's race um so the second you give them a reason to pull harder in their lane in their race that's not good for you it doesn't help it doesn't make you foster and you're giving yourself more pressure than you didn't have before so I think that there's ways in which like, so we spoke about this um, uh, with me and Jake, we were chatting about it beforehand where you have, um, you know, like Jake Vetzel, he's, he said in his e- episode with us, like how he shaves his head, like just as a minor, like kind of intimidation tactic, you know, like just to have people look at him like, well, this guy is, is hardcore, you know, a bit of a Viking look or, or something. And 
you know, for me, that's like, it's more subtle. It's like, okay, you're not like offending somebody else mm. and now giving them like fire to beat you. You're just making yourself look a little bit more intimidating. It's such yeah. a different way of looking at it. And I think, yeah, don't give other people reasons to beat you. 100%. They already have big reasons to beat you. Yeah. But I mean, on, on the other side, I think the... It was, I did find it a little bit unfortunate. I mean, the, the only having top five boats in the eights is, is really hard to, to make it. But having the, you know, the USA eight, I feel like is, is an, another boat that's got a quite a lot of pedigree. So I, I would love to see them get through the, the late qualifiers. And uh, the rest of the US team seems to be on, some, on, on like an upward trend. So I definitely keep your, your eyes peeled for the USA at late qualifiers. I think the USA in like quite a sneaky, like good position for world champs. Uh, I mean, for the Olympic Games next year. Mm. You know, they, they've they had a quite a good season. They've had a lot. Every time they've raced, they haven't raced many times. They've had really decent uh, performances, really good crews. And even during this regatta, like a lot of the early races of the regatta, the USA crews looked very, very dangerous. And I feel like they just didn't execute that last day. Mm. Those, those finals This uh, in the you know, in at the end of the week, that's where they're struggling. And if you're looking at the data and you're looking at the numbers, you know, a lot of, a few third places, you know, quite a, like, you know, just in the back of those A finals, um, a little bit more than maybe where they should be. And I think they can, I think they can turn that around quite um, comfortably. And it's like, you know, you, you have some of the performances, you've had crews that have had good races this mm. season. You know, it's not that of that much of a long shot to to then expect them to do a little bit better next year. So I do think that we're going to see a lot more from the USA crew yeah. come Paris twenty. No, hundred percent. And they, you know, they 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 seem to have done quite a lot of restructuring since the last Olympic Games, and they are crews that are are like you know they're improving a lot. It was it was so cool to see the women's aid from the USA back on the podium. Uh, starting to you know re, re you know, rekindle that ped- pedigree that they they have in that event, um, but yeah, I I think that's a good call from you because 100 percent I think the USA team sort of has taken a step this World Champs and come uh, next year the USA team's got to be on another level um, above what they were this year, and it's going to be great to see the the team go from from strength to strength. I think. Uh, Another shout out to a big team that did well and on the medal tally, the team that came on third is Romania. Another team that's always sort of um, seems to do really well. And uh, a team that I feel has sort of marking out a very distinct rowing culture within the world of rowing. I think they're probably the most ferocious crews you could probably race against. They just... They just hijacking the Italian rowing culture. <laughs> yeah, they, that's a good call. They've actually that does seem that way. That's my hot take for the regatta. Like Italy didn't do that well, but don't worry, there is Italy number two, Romania. <laughs> I don't know if the Romanians would enjoy what you just said. <laughs> but saying that, no. But I they coached by Italian though. I coached by Italian, and what I think Rom- Romania had an excellent uh, regatta concerning qualification. They had three crews. Um, Four, I would say. Four crews that were put in tough situations to qualify and they managed to convert all four. I think starting off with the men's eight, they had also on top of this, they had doubling up in the men's eight, the whole regatta. They managed to get through a really tough rep with a huge sprint to get through. 
same thing in the men's quad, won the B final. They took the last qualification in the men's quad. They took the last qualification in the men's four um, by outsprinting Switzerland. And then in the men's double, they managed to secure the win in the B final. So they won three B finals. So, you know, put, put them under pressure for qualification. They come through. I must say, I don't understand. I don't understand why they've doubled up the whole season. I mean, it has not worked well for them mm. once. And I mean, we've kept saying that, oh, it'll be so nice to see guys uh, double up like the girls do. The guys have not coped. Mm-mm. They they've not coped with the with the double up in the Romanian system. Like they keep going into the eight, and they either get one or the other right. They're not not once even on some of the early um, races that they did this season. Did they get any? Did they get them both right? Yeah, and in fact, on the men's side, the the men's four and the men's pair, the men's pair were the world champions the year before. The men's pair finished in a fourth position this year, and then men's four, I think, finished uh, in... They won their B final. The final. They won the B final. So, again, like, the doubling up, I think, is hurting them. I think... Uh, and the problem is they're doubling up, and they're, they're the eights, even though they managed to qualify the eight, perhaps this is why they were doubling up, is to qualify as many boats as possible. Hey, what do you think? Because I think it's hurting them that now that they... I think the men's pair were under too much pressure to race a strong A final. The men's four have now dropped off from being the Olympic silver medalists. They're now struggling. And I think this doubling up is hurting them from that point of view. But if maybe it gave them extra qualification spots. If the plan was to double up to qualify more boats, then the coach had the most stressful week of his life. <laughs> he was sweating there because his plan could have backfired quite easily. There were so many times where his crews were under huge, huge pressure to qualify. I mm. mean, it's paid off. They've got a lot of crews qualified. And to have the eight, the four, and the double, and the pair qualified is massive. And also, the the Romanians' women's, the women's team is carrying the country on their backs. All their medals came from the women this weekend. Really? Every yeah, single one? Every single one. They got a gold in the... Women's eight, women's double. They picked up a silver in the women's four, and then they picked up a bronze medal in the women's pair and a lightweight women's double. So again, the doubling up is really hurting the men. I well, think so your knowledge was outrageous there, Jake. I'm super impressed. But yes, um, the doubling up. I, I don't really understand why it's so different between the guys' events and the girls' events. Um, I think maybe the girls are that, uh, just that little bit better. Mm. than the guys like maybe the the events i mean on the stats there's nothing that really jumps out when you're looking at the percentages it's not like the the girls are it's not like the girls events have like bigger winning margins or you know slower percentages or any of that so i think it's got maybe something to do with just the endurance aspect of the races um or the like the the physical like strength piece of it but i i mean there's no statistics or or kind of um, data for me to say oh this is what mm. it looks like but the girls definitely seem to manage better but also they there hasn't been that much of that the cycle anyway mm. you know this regatta the girls didn't re- double up no the the i'm not I, I wasn't paying enough attention to the women's four i don't know if they doubled up or not but i know the the pair with uh, simona and Ankuta, they did not uh, double up they stuck um they decided to focus on their double and uh, yeah, again, and that back paid to off their, though because paid off. 
because Lithuania has put them under huge pressure and, earlier on and the season. Lithuania. So Lithuania have got a really fast pair again, but uh, double combination. Their woman Skala came. I think she would made it made it all the way into the the A finals. She finished in sixth posi- sixth position. They've got a really good recipe for. I wouldn't be surprised if that double had a different lineup next next year. I don't think. I think the Romanian women's double is the most dominant crew in world rowing at the moment, but I don't think it's it's going to be cut and dry for next year. That Lithuanian double can definitely put them under pressure. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then the last country that I want to chat about is Ireland because they also had pretty good regatta. Mm. I don't know if they had their best regatta that they've had for a while, but a lot of crews qualified, a lot of medals uh, coming coming their way. And I think they've got that little bit of a grudge from uh, Tokyo where things didn't go their, their, their way and they didn't f- uh, nail it the way that they had in some of the earlier regattas. Mm. But um, I think they're looking for a, quite a cracking uh, Paris. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, the, the Irish team is another, it's another country that's sort of carved out its own rowing culture that's distinct from some of the other countries. And what what I love the most about the Irish team from this regatta is that the youngsters are really coming through the ranks. I think the men's pair from Ireland has been a standout crew this year. And definitely when we do our row show awards later on, they're going to be right up there with the, with the, with the breakthrough crews of the season. Another big shout-out was the, um, the Irish women's double, which um, didn't... Saw a new um, a new lineup at this World Champs, and they came with in finishing a fourth position. So they they missed out. They got two fourths. So you know if they if those those races went a little bit differently, the medal table would have you know changed significantly in their favor. But still, they are in a really good place. And I think uh, you know going into the Olympic season, you can very much um, count that they're going to have a fantastic Olympics. And again, the men's double. Philip Doyle's back back on on his his good form and especially with a a new combination in Dara Lynch. So yeah, I think the Irish team's on fire, and especially when for the for smaller federations, they're definitely getting things right. No, I completely agree with you, Jake. Um, the looking at the numbers, uh, actually, just look at the results in general. Just so many cool races, <laughs> so so many cool races. What did you... I want to chat about the men's double. Uh, what did you think of Croatia um, in that race? And, you know, the the legendary Sinkovic brothers always um, yeah. giving their, their best out there. But my word, the, New, the Netherlands uh, double, what they did in that middle of the race mm. was outrageous. The way they came through that 1500, I mean... It, country mile ahead of the rest of the crew you would never ever have guessed that building up to the regatta no well i i don't know about that i mean if you look at their performance at lucerne it was similar not as dominant but similar but i agree with you that for me out of every single men's double race this cycle that's the most dominant and probably the best the best executed race i've ever seen the cycle from the men's double and they're going to be going into the olympic year Definitely favorites for the gold medal. But I just want to put it out there. Cast your mind to 2019 men's double and think of how dominant the Chinese double were in 2019 winning world champs. Everyone was talking about them and they 
they still ended up finishing with an Olympic bronze, but that domination didn't manage to carry through. So the, this event has a proven track record of knocking down favorites into um, their positions. And also the French double, again, raced last year's world champs, winning in such a dominant fashion. And unfortunately, they've picked up a bit of issues with sickness and injury that um, meant that Matteo Androdias couldn't race. Um, but again, this is, a, s- this is a proven track record event where you can't rest on your laurels. For sure. And the, you know, the, the Olympic Games is that completely different beast. You know, it's a, it's, you know, it takes that little bit extra. It takes, there's like some magic dust that comes in and really disrupts everything. And, and, you know, crews that you think are out are in and it really does spice things up. And I cannot wait to watch it because on top of it, you also have the, as you said, the, the French double suffering uh, illness and then coming back, but they're going to have a home Olympic games. Mm. Home Olympic Games. So, so, I don't know. If you had to put, if you if someone said you had to put money on one event, I don't think anyone would be choosing No one would choose a double. double. That would be the worst betting odds <laughs> yeah. of any of the events, besides maybe the, the women's double. But another another big shout-out, I think, in the men's double were to actually to the French managing to qualify the boats with difficult uh, circumstances and one of the Enfoy brothers stepping up to the plate. And I think... A huge shout out to the Norwegian double with Christopher Bruin making the switch to heavyweight and managing to qualify the boat in ninth position. Um, I thought he was, I, when I looked at yeah. him in the boat park, I have no idea how that man weighed in. <laughs> that, he is a. He didn't look like John Smith. Doesn't look anything like John Smith. <laughs> so, yeah, so talking about lightweights um, going to heavyweight, I mean, John Smith has really, he knocked it out the park. I mean, we, I mean, uh, Martin touched on it earlier in the, the hype train. But there have only ever been 112 athletes for rowing that have gone to four Olympic Games. Mm. And if you count, and only 12 of those athletes have raced four different boat classes. Yeah. And John has done two lightweight events, men's, Lightweight double, men's lightweight four, and then he's switched to men's bear and men's four. And he's qualified five boats for the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, that's an outrageous statistic. Yeah. Johnny's got the skills. Um, so, yeah, I mean, John is, is really, really impressive on his, on his results, on what he's able to, um, to do, and I'm really excited to, to watch him. Um, and I think he's someone that we need to have on the show, do like kind of – break down a little bit, get into his, I, his uh, He said he didn't want to come on the show last time I asked him, so I think he's still got a couple tricks up his sleeve. Dude, I'm going to get him off, don't <laughs> worry. Don't worry, I'll have a chat with him. Um, um, okay, yeah. so wait, Jake. So when I look at this result sheet, I think the big ones for me, I would say performance of the regatta for me goes to the Dutch team. What would you say is your performance you of the regatta? You can't give the performance of the regatta to the whole rowing of team. Of course I can. No, you can't. I can do whatever I want. I can do whatever I want. I'll give performance of the regatta to the Swiss men's pair. Oh, my word. It's spicy. Coming with a very dominant win. And we haven't spoken about the pair yet, so I do want to The slowest percentage. Slowest percentage. I don't really pay much attention to that because the men's pair has got the fastest prognostic. Just putting it out there. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to... It's a bit... It's questionable. Does the men's bear have the fastest prognostic or the women's single have the fastest prognostic? The men's bear has got the fastest prognostic. When was the last time anyone came within five seconds of the women's 
pair women single time? Uh, I have no idea, but I have to check. But tell them, but I can I just know from you know the the the, the next fastest time besides the Kiwis pair six oh eight is uh, six thirteen at the British set at the second World Cup. Um and uh, I don't really like. I obviously I men's am four is also spicy. Men's four men's spicy. Four is, uh, no one's come within four seconds. Yeah, so I I am biased, but I do believe the the, the perhaps the pair, the four, and I would say the women's single is the, probably the fastest world records. <laughs> putting, I'm putting myself out there. No, and I've I got another. I've actually got I another. I actually do agree with you. I think the men's pair is the fastest world record. I think. Women's single is might be like on a statistic point of view, but further because I feel like it's it's been held for so long, mm. and yeah, no one comes. So yes, I think people might have been closer to it, but it's just because you've had time to get closer to it. Um, well, I mean, Carolyn Florence six seconds, six point um, four seconds off the world record now. That's pretty quick in flat conditions. So you never know what's going to happen. But anyway, shout out to at the Swiss men's pair on an incredible performance. And we've spoken about how you know how stacked the men's double is. But I think also men's pair is one of those events that have you know so many crews that that have the potential to be extremely fast. And like you saw it from the fact that only two crews that were from the A final last year managed to uh, stay in the A final this year. And you had the Swiss, the Irish, the uh, Americans, and the South Africans who were newcomers into the top six. I think um, it's my hot take of the day, but I think that the pairs is wide open. Wide I think open. The fact that the that there's that many crews changing around and they're all new crews for me shows that the the standard is not quite as high as some of the the other events. Mm. But that is a very hot take. And a hot take. I d- and I don't even know if I believe it myself. But oh, yeah, I, I want to get uh, <laughs> one of these guys from the men's pay on. Yeah, and I want you to okay. talk to him about that. Do you think that the ma- the British men's pay is going to be in the bay next season? Yes. You think they're going to be the bay? I know they. that's their project. Okay. That's their project. I don't think they'll... And they the don't bay. think they go like, oh, you know, if we're in the eight, it's like might be easier to win a medal. Mm, dude, I don't think if so. I don't four. want them. You know what? As a as a as a pure spectator, as a pure fan of the sport, I hope Ollie and Tom stay in the pair and go for it. Cuz you you know you know how massive it'll be for them to uh get the gold medal next year. And like to be to be honest with you, I thought I think they they've been the most consistent pair in the whole event. Um they did go one place better than last year and I'm sure they wanted to win the gold medal, but you know, I think you would be a fool if you would, you know, discount the the British pair. You we already spoken about they've set the um, the second fastest time. Um, that's not a QE pair time in the men's pair. So they they've got the they've got the gas. And uh, yeah, I was thought the Swiss the Swiss pair coming away with that gold medal was for me, um, you know, the most um, most impressive result uh, result or performance okay. rather. Most impressive performance. Cool. And okay, then your and your race of the regatta. Race of the regatta. Hmm. Let me do a I'm just running through the I've got a few a highlight reel in my I've mind. Got a few. I got okay, you, you go, uh, go. men's pair semi final where John Smith makes it through. I thought that was That's a good one. For personally for me that was one of the best races I watched the regatta. It was I like 
I didn't believe he was going to do it, and then he did it, and it was just so freaking epic to watch. You know, when you're when your team, you know, like uh, you know, when you supporting someone and they do something that you almost didn't believe they could do, it was I don't know, it was just very very cool, and it mm. just reminded me why I love the the sport so much. Um, and then so I was like all in on oh you know maybe I can row again, and then I watched some people not make it through and then i was like you know I'm, I'm okay watching it on it's tv tough. now so um really really tough uh really really um awesome racing from john i thought ollie ziedler's performance was outrageous he mm. owned that event no one was going to come anywhere close to touching him um so i think he's up there for my performance of the regatta and caroline florin like a lot of pressure and undefeated, hey. And to in be a single skull, she's the top percentage of the of the sheet, um, top percentage of the regatta, and that is ridiculous for me. I don't think I can. I don't think we've ever done it where women's. I don't think we've had a single World Cup, or World Champs, or Olympic Games where women's single has been at the top of the percentage chart. And again, even if the course was changing conditions and the time of the day was uh, suited her and was the fastest time of the whole regatta you still needed to be able to row that speed to to do oh, it you know and what's, you know it's interesting that's she impressive. had the she had the slowest uh winners percentage from last last year's world champs on the on yeah the but the tail. racing was slow like the whole week though no 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 she raced she was the last race after the men's eight she was raced after oh, the men's you're saying eight and the men's eight got the top prog oh you saying that she was last last year last last year's world champ she came last in the prog street this year's world champ she topped it I mean, that's enough said, I think. It's not really who's competing with that. Yeah, I think Emma Twig has got a big ask for, for next year. But I still, like, even in saying that, I thought she had a good regatta. I think she's looking better than she was oh, last year. Bloody good regatta. If I was Caroline Florin, I would be bloody terrified. Yeah. But I think race race of the regatta for me, probably the men's A final in a single skull. Um, and besides that, maybe I think the lighty women's semi-final where France and Italy, who were the Olympic medalists, were both in the same, uh, oh, they were in the B final of the lighty women's, uh, double and the French were winning and they caught a crab when the Irish were putting them under pressure and, that saw that none of the Olympic champions and silver medalists didn't manage to qualify, and the Irish lighty woman managed to take that cover to last spot, Jeez. and was quite savage. That's awesome. Yeah, That'd been awesome. Um, Jakey, I don't know. Is there anything else? I think from my side, I just want to give a shout out to the percentages. If you guys, we do a percentage sheet after every regatta, and we share it to our patrons. And our Patreon page is absolutely incredible, guys. It's been such so awesome during the week. A lot of banter on it during the regatta. Um, you get a lot of data that uh, w that we create. Um, James Britton, my brother, he does a lot of work with the the numbers and crunching some really really cool statistics. Um, so all the numbers that you see or hear us chat about come through uh, the Rowing Almanac, which is posted on our Patreon Gold group. And then our silver group, you get access to the our WhatsApp chat where we really just break down and analyze uh, some really, really cool rowing data. So 
Um, yeah, so if you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it by far. Join us there. Helps keep the show alive. We've had a tough year. It's not been easy. We've both been really, really busy and uh, and things haven't run as smoothly as we wanted, but we really had to to put out good rowing content and we're not stopping anytime soon. Um, Jake, anything else you want to add? Yeah, you're getting good at wrapping this thing up. Um, I don't think I don't think there's much to add. It's just a huge shout out to the the fans out there. Um, I'm often told uh, when I'm overseas is that all the interactions that I have are just about how how much they enjoy listening to the the podcast, which still takes me takes me aback sometimes when I hear it. And besides that, huge shout out to everyone that listens to the show. And with regards to World Champs, I think a massive shout out to the 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 teams that qualified, the athletes that won medals, and everyone else that had positive experience. I think it was a fantastic event, and I'm really excited for next year. Hundred percent. It's gonna be so epic. The the racing is gonna be incredible. And Jakey, you just fucking get back out there and put your Bible up so that I can. My tickets are booked, dude. I'm coming to watch. <laughs> so you better be there, dude, to give me something to watch yeah. down the track. All right, that's the plan. Sweet man. All right. Um, cool guys. I think that's a wrap from us. Let us know what we missed. G- send us a message. You can WhatsApp us. Numbers in the in the show notes below. Uh, send us a message, say, listen, Lawrence, uh, you really stuffed up. You didn't chat about this or you didn't get this name right or, you know, we're so disappointed in you. Uh, Jake is the one who usually reads the criticism, but um, I don't Lawrence take doesn't it so take well. criticism <laughs> well. I don't take it so well, <laughs> but I'll do, I'll do my best and uh, it will get back to you guys. Uh, Jake, it's been so cool doing the, the episodes yeah. together. I mean, I like doing it with uh, the others. Martin Cross is a hero. My brother was awesome, but uh, it's always great to to have you back behind the mic. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the time we spend behind the mic Dream is, team. Is, is really pays off. Sweet, man. Uh, and yeah. Sweet, guys. Have a good day. We'll see you guys soon. We've got, yeah. some, we got a lot of interviews coming up. We've got a lot of interviews up. coming up. Cool. All right. Cheers, Ciao. guys. We're out. Nice. Good stuff, dude. Um, as always, it's just it's as always, it's your ho- oh, oh my gosh, good start, really doing well here, Jake. <laughs> <coughs>